If you are new, there's a guest card in your bulletin. It looks like this. Just take a second and fill it out. And before you leave, and you can actually do this online too, but before you leave, if you take it back to the welcome desk, you can exchange it for a $5 gift card to Big B Coffee. So that's kind of awesome. Um, Fourth of July is upon us already. There is only one service next Sunday, the 7th. So make sure that you don't come up. Well, you can come at 9 and help set up the coffee and everything. Um, but don't come at 11 because you're going to miss everything. The one service is at 10 o'clock next Sunday. That's the 7th. And then in between there, the actual 4th, um, the Hobsons are having everybody over at their house. So there's a lot of information in this little card here about what to bring, where to go. Um, don't forget the bug spray, that kind of stuff. And then sports and arts camp is upon us as well. Such a super fun time from kindergarten to sixth grade. If they're going to be in those grades this fall, they're welcome. You can sign up online. You can also register here in person, but online is the easiest way to do it. It's 12 bucks per kid, and they get to do a couple different camps. And all the information is in your bulletin as well. And then if you want to volunteer, if you're really, really good at something, or you just really like kids, or you're just looking for a way for God to use you here in this community, sign on up for the sports and art camp. And then you can take it to the welcome desk, and um, you can get involved and be used by God to further the kingdom here. All right, without further ado, we've got Mike Benson here to preach for us this morning while Pastor Tim is traveling back to Michigan. Come on up. Thank you. Good morning, church. It's great to see you again. It's been a long time, huh? Last Sunday. This is cool. I get a double header, man. This is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, worship is a weapon. Um, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have ideas about worship is it's more than songs and singing. That is an element of worship. But worship is the only thing that releases angelic hosts. So worship is a weapon. So if you're in the midst of something... Start worshiping him. Because worship brings, his, brings him glory and his glory on the scene. And the enemy hates the presence of God. just want to let you know that today. Um, who, are, who was here last Sunday? All right. Who was not here? All right. All right. Woo. Good, good, good. Uh, um. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Mike Benson. Uh, I'm the team captain of the Conquerors International Strength Team, a group of athletes who get to break stuff for a living. <clears throat> we used to be a malicious destruction of property, is now ministry. Um, <laughs> I'm the onboard evangelist at Resurrection Life Church in uh, Granville, and I've had a relationship with Tim and Amy for years, and uh, this place holds a special place in my heart. Um, I've got some resource, well, a resource back there, my Inside Out DVD. It's the movie of my life story. Many of you are familiar with that. I spent 11 years in prison. Uh, I was on, addicted to drugs and in crime. Basically, a professional criminal. And in there, I found Jesus, uh, as, and I had an encounter with him, and he changed my life. So this uh, movie has footage from... The bank I robbed when I was 16, it's got footage from the actual jail cell I gave my heart to Christ in. We got some crazy favor for that one. Uh, it's really good. It's a f phenomenal, effective evangelism tool. I've heard so much feedback of people getting born again. They're, they're loved ones who would never darken the doorstep of a church. Uh, watch this. So these are out back. They're 10 bucks each, and 
if you buy two, the second one's half off. So you get one for yourself, pass it on. So those are out back and made available to you out there. All right. You guys ready to have some fun this morning? <laughs> so so I, I, I had the message already for today, and then at the last minute, the Holy Spirit flipped the script on me. He said, no, we're going to go this direction. I was like, all right, this is going to be good. <laughs> This message is called Demonstrating Satan's Defeat. And if you don't, if there's not a bunch of notes on there, it's because I just gave them the notes this morning. So it's not the AV people's fault, all right? And uh, so God's vision and his will for humanity as a whole is something like this. His number one vision and will is for everyone to walk in liberty. Not just believers, he wants every person on the face of this planet to walk in liberty. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17 in the Amplified Bible says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, true freedom. John 8.32 in the New King James says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth is not a concept or an ideology. The truth is a person. Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the truth is a person. So it's more than just knowing your Bible. It's knowing the author of your Bible in intimacy and in relationship. John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If Jesus makes you free, you free. Ain't no debate about that one. The second thing is, besides walking in liberty, is he wants us to walk in power. Every single child of the living God is to walk in power. The benefits that I bestow on my son, I bestow the same benefits on my daughter. I'm a good dad. I don't show partiality. Differences in application because of ages and things like that, but there's no partiality. God is not into favoritism. He doesn't have any favorites. Luke 10, 19. This is in the Passion Translation. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority. He didn't say, I gave you a measure or some. I gave you all of my authority. To trample over his kingdom, you will trample, you will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Now, I want you to notice this is you will. You have to, you see, this is a partnership thing. God has given you all power and all authority. You have to activate it. It's kind of like a police officer illustration. If a police officer, uh, he shows up, he gets a uniform, a badge, he's got the authority, and if he pulls out into um, the middle of an intersection, steps out of his car, and walks on out in the middle there and goes like that, people are going to stop because they recognize the authority that he carries. Is it his authority? No. It's delegated from the government. Okay? 
And um, if I walk out there as big as I am and, uh, and I get out there, I'm going to get honked and I'm going to get some sign language thrown my way. You know, uh, it's not going to turn out so good because they're going to be, who are you? You don't have anything that represents authority. But he also gave, we also give police officers something called weapons, power, <laughs> to enforce the authority. Mm-hmm. Imagine if a police officer came up to a house and caught a guy coming out and he had a TV in his hand and coming out of somebody's house and he said, stop in the name of the law. And uh, he didn't pull his gun out, didn't use it. That guy's going to look at him and say, hey, whatever, and run. But he pulls that gun out. Oh, hands are going up real quick. <laughs> you see, we are like police officers who are not enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in for a minute. And he says, nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. This is not something you whip out once in a while or on Sunday. This is something to walk in 24-7. Take authority over every single thing in your life that does not line up with the Word and the will of God. Take authority over it. And number three is he wants us to enforce the victory. Not only in our lives, but the lives of people around us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.25 in the Passion Translation, Until then, he is destined to reign as king until all hostility has been subdued and placed under his feet. 1 Corinthians 15.27 in the Amplified Bible says, For he, the Father, has put all things in subjection under his Christ's feet. Ephesians 1.22, and he put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church. So Jesus is the top of the pyramid, okay? There is no one above him. He is the grand poobah of the universe. Jesus is running things, okay? And I get this a lot from a lot of believers. They're, you know, oh, if God's running things, then how come there's so much destruction? And how come this? And how come so-and-so died? And how come this? That's because the church has not been doing its job. There's still a thing called free will. That's what makes us humans. God didn't make a bunch of robots who serve him without any kind of will. He gave us free will. He gave us free agency. We freely in the garden gave this thing over to the enemy by sinning and going against God's command and thinking we had a better way listening to the enemy, and we got ourselves into this mess. And Jesus said, I, I, got, I got this. I'll take care of this. I'll come back, and I'll restore them to their original state. Not only that, but I'll add me to it. See, Man walked with God in the garden. After Jesus, we walk in God. That's a whole nother level right there. And he says, I've given you all authority. Now go use it. I mean, if, if it wasn't for people who did not know who they were and who he was, this thing would be wrapped up by now. The only 
only reason Jesus hasn't come back and set everything right is because there's still captives out there. And he's kind of like, come on, church, what are y'all doing down there? Y'all singing some good songs. Woohoo! That's some good potlucks. Yep, doing good. <laughs> how's, the, how's your city? Take it over. That's what he wants. Take it over. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There's two kinds of knowledge. There's information, and then there's revelation. Information, or to be informed, is, gives the connotation that there's something that I need to know because I don't know it. I need you to inform me. Something, some knowledge that I do not possess, I need to be placed in me. That's information. Revelation is a revealing of what's already there. See, we can study the Bible. There's plenty of people who know this scripture better than me. You know, Paul, who used to be Saul of Tarsus, remember that? He was a Bible expert. He knew the Word of God better than anybody. Hands down, he was the man when it came to the Word of God. But he did not know the author of the Word. He did not have the spirit of the Word. And the Word of God, without the Spirit of God, without the relationship with the author, author turns people into killers. Yeah, religion is a killer. Yeah, I said that. Religion is a killer. Jesus never had any drama from anybody but the Pharisees. Huh? These were people who knew the word. I mean, if, if you were in society, you'd look at them and say, man, they're upstanding in the community. They got money. They worship God. They're faithful. They're diligent. They're all that stuff. But they were killers because they knew about God, but they didn't have a relationship with him. So without that relationship with Jesus, without that intimate relationship with, we are unable to walk in our power and our authority that we have as children of the King. I'll give you one more illustration. Say, say Bill Gates came to the door of somebody's house and says, I am going to give you this card. This card has no limits on it. You can spend as much as you want, whenever you want. There's no limits. It's all yours. Here you go. And the husband takes it and goes, yeah. Whew. Puts it in his wallet, but he doesn't tell his wife. Because he's afraid she's going to shop him into the ground. No, just kidding. <laughs> he puts it in his wallet. And he doesn't use it, he never does anything, he never tells it, and they live at a level below their potential. And so a revelation would be when the wife discovers that in his wallet and goes, what's this? And calls the number and, oh my gosh, we had this the whole time. Man, let's go. Nordstrom's. You see what I'm saying? We have been given all authority. Not we're getting or, or if you're good enough or if you don't sin or if you do this or do that. Uh, 
you can have authority. No, we've been given all authority and all power. Every believer. So, I'm going to talk about a few areas of authority that we have right now. And look, I'm going to challenge you, okay? I'm going to challenge you that after today's service, you go out and you act on what's revealed to you. Take authority and act on it. And we're going to demonstrate, you know me, I ain't just going to talk, we're going to demonstrate some things in here. Authority over the demonic and their attacks. Okay? Anything that steals, kills, or destroys has its source and origin in the satanic realm. Okay? Sickness comes from the devil. It comes from sin. Sin originated with the devil. Okay? It, it, it entered the earth. It, it didn't originate from God. Sickness didn't originate from God. None of that stuff originated from God. It originated from the satanic realm. And you have authority over it. 1 John 4, 17. This is in the Passion Translation. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. That's some good stuff right there. I almost stopped right there and I almost got distracted because I was like, ooh, that's so good. So that means the exact same way Jesus walked this earth is exactly the way we are right now. But we may not have a revelation of it. It's funny when you're out there trying to learn to be somebody that you already are. Every attempt by the enemy to bring Jesus into bondage absolutely 100% failed. Every single one. The enemy could not touch him. Any disease could not get on him. I was overseas one time and I had some people with me. They were not from my team. And we went into this place and there was some pretty hardcore sickness and, and we're going in there to pray for people, and this one person said, well, what, what if it gets on us? I said, you go wait in a bus. <laughs> Nothing can harm you when you're walking in the power and authority of God. Nothing. Um, Luke 4, 29 through 30. They mobbed Jesus and threw... This is the Pharisees, by the way, because they were upset because of some statements, because he told the truth. They mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the cliff on the hill on which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off, but he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. So that mob, a mob against Jesus, took him to the edge of the cliff. They had every intent of throwing him off, but he just said, eh... All right, I've had enough. I'm out. Walked right through the crowd. Now, I don't know. I don't know the why or the how. I don't know if he had like a force field around. I don't know. But all I know is their intentions did not happen. They could not touch him. He gave his life. Nobody took his life. You know, I was in, 
I, I know this from reality. I was in prison. Many of you know my story. I was in prison. My first five years I did in prison, I was very not born again. And then the second six years I did in prison, I was, I was on fire. And I was at um, the Michigan Reformatory, which is, uh, at the time was a very violent for young offenders prison. Uh, people were stabbed on a daily basis in there, fights, all that. And uh, here I am, I'm in there. And my previous five years, I had built a reputation. Uh, it's not a good one, but in there it, it was a good one because it kept me safe. Uh, and then they found out I went Jesus freak on everybody. And I'm out there one day on the yard, and these three guys came up to me. And they said, yeah, man, all that Jesus stuff. What you going to do if, 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 if guys surround you and they got a shank and they want to kill you right now? And I says, you really want to know? I said, the angel of the Lord who stands before you and me would strike that person down before they ever laid a finger on me. Man, you crazy. You really believe that stuff. They gone. <laughs> I was telling the truth, though. I, I, I believe what the Scripture says. It's not just mental assent. I believe every word of it. There is an angel assigned to me, and I am keeping that mug busy all the time. Luke... Uh, Luke 4, 31 through 36. Jesus went to Capernaum in Galilee and taught the people on the Sabbath day. His teaching stunned and dazed them, for he spoke with penetrating words that manifested great authority. That means when he was speaking, he was speaking, it manifested great authority. Okay, remember, we've been given all authority. A police officer doesn't have to get up every day and say, I wonder if I'll have enough authority to enforce the law today. I just don't know. He puts on that uniform, or she puts on that uniform, grab that gun, they go out there, and if anybody has any questions, they're the final say, whether they like it or not. They're confident because they know whose they are and they know whose they represent. There's no question. Jesus walked the same way. For he spoke with penetrating words that manifested great authority. How? How did it manifest great authority? You'll see. In the congregation, there was a demonized man who screamed out with a loud voice. Hey, you, go away and leave us alone. I know who you are. You're Jesus of Nazareth, God's holy one. Why are you coming to meddle with us? You have come to destroy us already. Every single demon knows his days are numbered. And every single demon, do you know the reason why you feel fear? That's because the enemy is fearful of you. And he projects it on you. Just then a demon hurled the man down on the floor in front of them all, but Jesus rebuked the demon, be quiet and come out of him, and the demon came out of him without causing him any harm. Great astonishment swept over the people, and they said among themselves, what kind of man is this who has such power and authority? With a mere word, he commands demons to come out of them and obey him. You know, I shared last time how we were recently in Pakistan, 
And it, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, we show up, you know, and there's like, the first night, it was like uh, 37, 38,000 people there. And they're going through all this fanfare and all this stuff, and we get up there. And uh, no sooner we grabbed the mic than those demons started manifesting. I mean, everywhere. And we don't run down there and start, oh, giving attention. We say, shut your mouth in the name of Jesus. We'll get to you in a minute. Instant quiet. And the ones that were trying to leave, no, you stay here in Jesus' name. And every single person who had a demon left that meeting without one. Everyone. And we didn't have to do rituals or say anything. I was raised in Catholicism, okay? So I'm, I'm, when I say these things, let me tell you, there's two kinds of people in every single church. People who are true believers who have a love and a relationship with Jesus and people who don't. Doesn't matter what denomination, what name tag. I know some Catholics who are very on fire and in love with Jesus. So I am in no way saying, lumping everything up into, you know, Catholicism. But the way I was raised, you know, it was a bunch of rituals, but there was no power. Mm, 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 Satan's attempt to disrupt Jesus' meetings were always thwarted by Jesus. If the enemy can't take you out, he wants to confuse you so you cannot hear the message. Because the last thing the enemy wants for you to do is to find out, to get a revelation of who you are and the power you have and the authority that you can walk in. He is afraid of you finding out and you doing something about it. Jesus also gives us authority. With that authority, we not only have authority over the demonic and everything that has to do with the demonic. Hey, you, you want to know what? If, <laughs> one of my teammates, he's at uh, one, Chicago Speedway right now. He's, he, he's doing uh, NASCAR stuff. And, uh, and <laughs> don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> Yeah, you going about 300 miles an hour, ain't going nowhere. Everybody watches it because it's a reflection of their life. <laughs> going fast as I'll get up, but ain't getting nowhere. But he's in, he, he's in there, and he goes into, he goes, I mean, I mean, there's some dark stuff that happens there. Trust me, there's some, some dark, wicked stuff that happens there. He comes in there, man, and, he's, and <laughs> he changes atmospheres. He rolls up in there, they got all their trailers, and they're having this big party. He walks in there, he says, hey, how you guys doing? And he sees what's going on, he steps out, starts praying in the Holy Ghost, walks around the place a few times. Walks in there, people are going around like this, and people are getting sick, and all the fun just went right out. <laughs> Don't fear the darkness. 
penetrate it with the light. Don't fear it. I get kicks out of making demonic forces squirm and squeal. I love it. Love it. Oh, they're down there having a new age thing and all that. Well, go set up a tent. Go set up a tent and say, hey, anybody need some healing? Say spiritual healing. Don't you ain't got to get Jesus on them. Just say spiritual healing. Let them come in there and get them all healed and saved and delivered. And guess what? You won't have it. One of two things. They're either all going to get saved, healed, delivered, or they ain't never coming back to your town again. Because you have authority. Jesus has delegated all his authority to you and to me. We also have authority over sickness. Remember, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Jesus is our model. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say to be a disciple. The Scripture says to make disciples. Make disciples of who? Of Jesus. Luke 4, 39-40. Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever. And she was healed instantly. Then she got up and began to serve them. At sunset, the people brought all who were sick to Jesus to be healed. Jesus laid his hands on them one by one, and they were all healed of different ailments and sicknesses. The first thing is, is he didn't, he, when someone brought him sick, he didn't say, Oh, Father, I pray in my own name that you would just, if it's your will, would you just please heal this person of this thing? You never know, but it could or could not work. You know, you, no, Jesus just rebuked the fever. You ain't supposed to be here. Get out. Rebuked it. I used to pray like that all the time. I used to pray for people and pray for people. And God's like, take authority over that sickness and stuff. What are you praying for? What are, you, are you asking me for something I already did for you? I was like, oops. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I do not pray for anybody to get healed. I command sickness, pain, disease to leave. I command bodies to line up with the way God created it. Uh, I rebuke spirits of infirmity, and that's, that's how it works. It's a whole lot more effective. And then it says he laid his hands on them. This is something that really got me too. Because now when I pray for people, I won't say a word at first. I'll just lay my hands on them. Because the hand represents authority. In a lot of cultures and in the Bible, the hand represents authority. Because, you know, when a, when a police officer, they put their hand up. Or you take an oath, you put your hand up. Hand represents authority. When Jesus put his hand on somebody, he was exercising his authority. He said, I can touch this. One time God says, you lay hands on people, don't say a word. I was like, oh, <laughs> what? I remember I prayed for the first person who got healed, and I didn't say a word. And they said, aren't you going to pray? I said, check your pain. They're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> How did you do that? I didn't do it. Mm -mm. I didn't do it. I laid my hand on you, but his authority, his power is the one that made you free. 
Not me. Luke 5, 12 through 14. One day, while Jesus was ministering in a certain city, he came upon a man covered with leprous sores. When the man recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at at Jesus' feet and begged to be healed, saying, if you are only willing, you could completely heal me. So he's saying, I I recognize the power, but I don't know if you're willing. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, of course I'm willing to heal you. And now you will be healed. Instantly, the leprous sores were healed and his skin became smooth. Instantly. There's not one verse in that Bible that I have ever found that says Jesus, when someone came and were sick, he said, no, can't do it. It's not the Father's will. And he healed them all, and he healed them all, and he healed them all. And, I mean, didn't, didn't, regardless of their background, their history, their, their career, anything, he healed them all. If they were sick, they came to him, they got healed. Same thing, you saw his disciples who observed this for three years, watched this, and then they were like, okay, we're going to do what our master does. They did the same thing. The other thing that Jesus demonstrated that we have is authority over lack. (laughs) Or having a mindset of measure. Mm, I wish I could get into this, man. I'd preach a firestorm in here on this one. Luke 5, 5 through 6. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. Jesus gave a word. They acted on it. Boom. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish. So much that their nets were ready to burst. Human effort versus trusting God, at, taking God at his word. These are pros now. These guys are fishermen. They do this for a living. I mean, they were at it for a long time, didn't catch nothing, and, Jesus, and they're cleaning their nets. They're getting ready to eat, and Jesus is like, hey, why don't you go out there and cast it out there? And I could tell Peter. He, he probably wasn't happy. <laughs> but he tried to remind Jesus, Jesus, you know, I know you got, you got all this teaching and you know, miracles and stuff, but we're, you know, we kind of know this. We're the fishermen. Huh. We've been at it all. The, the, the conditions, it just ain't happening. Jesus said, well, he's all right. Nevertheless, at your word, this is on you, Jesus. Whew. Boatload of fish. How many times have we sat and struggling and trying to figure out how we're going to get out of this financial mess? How are we going to overcome this? Oh, what are we going to do? We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to cut. We got, we, we, I'm not against budgeting. None of that stuff. But whenever there's an issue, I just say, God's got it. Drives my wife nuts. She's like, well, what are we going to do about this? Increase income. <laughs> Multiplication, you know. I'm not that much into addition. I really hate subtraction, but I love multiplication. They were conditioned by their elements and experiences to see their situation in a certain way. God broke into that with his word. 
Everything in the kingdom is contrary to the world. I will tell you the quickest way to overcome any financial, I don't care where you're at financially, you give yourself out of it. But there's not enough on the line item. Mm, no, no, no. Mm -mm. You give yourself out of it. Luke 6.38 Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. This is spiritual law. The same measure you meet, it shall be met back to you. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Well, we can spare a little bit. Well, then you'll get a little bit back. If you, I'm going to give it all, I don't care. Okay, hold on, here comes the fish. I'm telling you. Oh man, I could, I, could, I, could, I could stay up here for an hour and a half and tell you stories. Big time stories. We're in there with our tax guy and we're looking at the numbers and, and, and we're like, how did that happen? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but, and I'm not bragging or anything. I'm, I'm just telling you how I live. I will give money at a drop of a hat. We just got, you know, I have a coaching and consultant business. I just, one of my clients blessed me, put a wad of cash in my hands. First thing I think of is my family. Tell my wife, you get X amount, you get all this. Kids need this, that. You know, she, she said, I'll pay the tithe out of my part. Yeah. I, got, I got one little bit out of the whole thing, right? I had something in mind that I was going to get. And... Uh, <laughs> I was at the office, and I see this guy walking across the parking lot with a bunch of cans and stuff, and the Holy Spirit says, make his day. Walk up and say, hey, buddy, how you doing? I just felt led to give you this. Here you go. Gave him a C note. Sent him on his way. Didn't need to follow up or nothing, just being obedient. We're, we're, not, we're supposed to be a resource, not a reservoir. Flow. You want money to flow in your life? You got to get it out. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't, don't ask me. Ask it. I know by experience and by the Word of God. It's true. Mm, 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 mm. It's either man's ways or God's ways. You go man's ways, you get man's results. You go the world's way, you get world's results. You go God's way, you get His results. You want the natural, you do the natural thing. You want the supernatural, you do it the God way. Plain and simple. You don't need a theological PhD to figure that one out. You want your finances to change, start giving your way out of debt. Just give your way. Well, I haven't heard God tell me to give it to anybody. Um, we just read it, didn't we? <laughs> Luke 6.38, <laughs> is this not God's word? <laughs> 
Doesn't he say? <laughs> give generously. Well, who do I know how to give it? <laughs> Come on, man. <sighs> One more area of authority. Authority over offense. Luke 6, 27 through 28. But if you will listen, I say to you, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. When you are mistreated and harassed by others, accept it as your mission to pray for them. Blessing is more powerful than cursing. Love is more powerful than hate. Forgiveness is way more powerful than revenge. Remember God's purpose and vision is to walk in liberty and freedom. Sickness, demonic, love of money, and unforgiveness are the main things that hinder us from walking in freedom. Main things right there. So we have this authority. We have this power. The only thing that's missing is we're not exercising it and we're not releasing it. You have to release it. You have to give it away. Matthew 10, 7-8. And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. Continually. And make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. And raise the dead back to life. That's what I'm going for next. I'm, I'm serious, man. I'm on that. And the translating thing. Because I don't want to fly anymore. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom. So freely release it to others. It's right there. You receive the power of the kingdom, freely release it. I don't care what a person's condition is. I don't care if they know God. I don't, I don't care if they're, what their thing is. If they got a sickness or a disease, I'm on them. Because it says freely. And the more you give, the more you increase. The more demons you dispel from people's life, the more power increases in your life. You know, these people like Benny Hinn or something, it doesn't matter what you think about them. But these guys got some power and they're operating in a level of power that's just like, whoa, and they're like, oh, they must be special. No, they're exercising and releasing it. He was faithful over little will be given much. How do you, can you expect to have power that moves mountains and moves whole crowds of people and, and, and takes whole nations if you can't even talk to a person at the cash register? Mm. <laughs> oh, I love it. Y'all are getting it. I know. It's, your, it's not yours. Let it go. That money in your wallet, 
Your purse, it's not yours. You're a steward. It doesn't belong to you. If you think it belongs to you, you're a little bit deceived. Your life doesn't belong to you. If you're a believer, if you've given it to Jesus Christ. If not, it belongs to the devil. That was the original sin that caused all this stuff. Oh, did God really say that? Oh, he just, if you do this, then you'll know yourself. You won't need him. Same thing that the Satan did that got him kicked out of heaven. He convinced man to do the same thing to get him kicked out of God's presence. <laughs> Acts 3, 5 through 6. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. A lot of people say, see, he didn't have money. They were poor. No, 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 no. If you read the Hebrew and the Greek translation, he's saying, what you, need, you don't need money, you need wholeness. You give the poor more money, they're still in poverty. Why? Because they need more than money. They need wholeness. Acts 3.12, Passion Translation. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them all, People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. Acts 4.10, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. Basically saying, can't touch this. Huh. Y'all killed him, God raised him from the dead. Religion always resists the power and authority of God. Always. Always. Acts 20.35 I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus who taught, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. If you want more of something, give it away. It's spiritual law. So I'm going to here to tell you, if you have a sickness, a disease, or anything, you're going to get healed today, right now, in just a couple minutes. Okay? If you have pain in your body, bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bondage, bye. See ya. Hasta la vista. Don't let the door hit you on your way out. How can I say that? Well, because I know, because I know whose authority I got, <laughs> whose name I use, <laughs> and I know the results every time. <laughs> the more power and authority you release, the more that come, becomes available. Acts 10.34. Peter said, Now I know for certain that God doesn't show favoritism with people, but treats everyone on the same basis. God only wants one thing, a willing and obedient heart. 
He doesn't care about all your righteous acts. He says your, act, your acts are, of righteousness are filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. If you're doing anything out of you, look what I did, Lord. And Jesus is like, look at me. This is what I do every day. <laughs> you want to join me? Bow your heads and close your eyes for just one minute. If you're here and you know in your heart right now that you need to get right with God, you may know a lot about God, or, but, but you know in your heart of hearts you have not given your heart to Him. You have not made Jesus Lord of your life. I just want you to raise your hand right now. Slip it up. Can I see that hand? Is there any others? Okay. Or if you are a believer, but you're in a state far from God, you've walked away from Him, and you need to return to the Lord, you need to recommit, refire, raise your hand right now. Raise it up. I see those hands. Raise it high so I can see it. I'm not going to call you up. Awesome. Look at me. Say these words along with me, everybody. Jesus, my life is yours. My heart belongs to you. From now on, forgive me for living like I think it's my life. I freely give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Woo! If you have a sickness, pain, disease, anything, come line up here, please. Come on up here. Make a line. And would you back up some, please, ma'am? Just, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This line right on down here. Right on down here. 